2: Hello, you are listening to 199 Radio, now listening to My Favourite Labels with me, Gareth Mayne. This is a show where every other week I bring along a label that I admire greatly, usually someone who is doing innovative, exciting work in the world of music, wherever that may be. This week I'm joined by Dom Savini and Adam Scrimshaw from uh, the wonderful Wow 45 label. Hello. Hello, mate. Uh, once described by Fact Magazine as amongst the 100 most underrated DJs in the world, I do believe. <laughs> yeah, we were um, we
3: were number seven, but it was, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't think that actually meant anything. <laughs> Are you? Uh, is, is it good to be underrated? I
2: don't know. I was wondering this when I was thinking about yeah. using it as the thing to say at the top of the show, was whether underrated was good. Yeah, it, like, yeah, it's better than overrated, isn't it, I guess? I guess so. I yeah, I yeah. sort of put it in the realms of saying that something is a return to form in terms of it's like well, I never knew I was off form. Yeah. What you, yeah. It's like a return to form. It's like hang on what <laughs> what, what did you say <laughs> about my last record or what? I feel comfortable with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather I'd rather be rated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. But
3: you know, yeah, but That's
2: right. Well you know, it's very, very good. I've had on so this is episode six of this show I've had so, you, so far? Well, I had uh, last time I had uh, Paradise Bangkok who do a lot of Thai molam and lots of wonderful music from around Southeast Asia. We've had Sheffield Punk on from the Audacious Art Experiment. We've had uh, Finders Keepers Records, uh, you know, and yeah, uh, well, Doug Shipton came and joined me for that one. Who else have I had? I've had? Uh, French Dance Hall with uh, Pure Niceness Records, uh, a much uh, more new ra- uh, label. And now I think... Oh, yeah, and R- Rocket Recordings. Um, so a mostly psych rock label who are now celebrating their 20th year. So it's uh, it's been eclectic and it continues to be so mm. because you guys run a record label that is exceptionally eclectic in terms of, you know, we have... We had Haitian funk just there. We've got, uh, we've got what? We've had uh, beats. We've, uh, well, we've got
3: Norwegian Breakbeat coming up in a Have we? Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's it. So, you know, it's so uh, wonderful. And um, the thing about labels like yours that I love so much, and the reason why I like to get you in is because everyone seems to have a, I, I describe everyone as eclectic, but it's eclectic in their own world. Like everything has a sort of uh, one if sense. If window. everyone was
3: eclectic, then no one would be eclectic.
2: Everyone would just be the same, right? Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. And, and, so and, I guess. and, and,
2: and overrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Yeah. So is like your own description. Of World War Forty Five is eclectic and overrated. <laughs>
3: yeah. I've put in words my mouth. <laughs> that's not, that's not what I was saying
2: at all, but. I think that's why I read on the press release. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> I
4: think. I think we've. Um, we were discussing this the other day. I think we've been in a situation where we've. It's. It's. It's definitely evolving and uh, has continued to, and I. And I think will always continue to. Uh, we've gone through a few years of exploring quite a bit of dub music um, it's which is not where I had envisioned we would be maybe 10 years ago when I joined the label but uh, yeah you know that's the that's the pleasure of what what, we, what we're doing hopefully we keep a common thread of, of sorts but Ultimately, as our tastes change, um, the record label kind of goes with it. Although we do apply some restraint to that, don't we? We do, we do understand quite that. yeah. We do. We, we understand that, that there's there's a, a degree of expectation that it's probably helpful to kind of, you know, work with in terms of if if, if you start flying around all over the place, you know, we, we've we've developed an audience, and I think it's really helpful for, for artists that that we're able to. Um, bring them into that really in a way and and
3: we're both, we're both we're both basically soul music fans Yeah. but I'd probably fair to say that we're both at times slightly bored by soul music the soul music the soul music scene yeah and frustrated by it yeah um in and, what sense uh in the in in, in the sense of I mean it, it, if if it's what you're into it's great but for us it's just like it's it's quite it can be quite safe it can be quite I'm speaking for you now, Adam I shouldn't be doing this too. <laughs> no, but right, it can on. be you know it can be quite I mean, like like any scene, really, it it can, it can it can border on being quite cheesy, yeah. Um, and what and and what we what we love is just to put a twist on that, you know, and to to something more experimental, more interesting. We love jazz music; that's another you know real basis of the label. Mm. So you know, it can be hip hop, it can be electronica, it can be, as you said, Haitian funk music from, uh, out of Canada, it can be Norwegian breakbeat, and um, I mean we're going to play the first ever track that was released. We should say the label wasn't started by me or Adam. No. It was started by Chris Goss and his brother Simon. Chris Goss of Hospital. Hospital Records,
2: yeah. Who happened to have the uh, slip mat on the turntables in the studio, I just noticed, oh, yeah. like, when I walked oh, in. No, I didn't know it was dodgy slip mat, so
3: I'd right. have to get different ones. <laughs> um, yeah, and Chris remains um, part of the label with us, but obviously he's quite busy with hospital. But yeah, it was started him by him and his late brother Simon, um, and the first release was back in 1999. I joined the label a year, a year later... Having already been a DJ with them, and Adam um, about ten years off that, eight years off that. Like
4: yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, um, a friend of mine, introduced me to Dom. I was trying to
3: get stand up. up. We're well,
1: trying to
4: stand trying up. Yeah. up. Yeah. It was a party. Was it yeah. was at a party. Yeah, I was trying to stay standing and uh, sensible, <laughs> um, and failing. Uh, but um, I was trying to. I'd, I'd moved down to London to do music and. Uh, had got a bit lost in amongst it all, really, and was trying. I like, <laughs> was trying to get my way back in, and someone introduced me to Dom, and uh, and yeah, so I jo- I uh, joined a little later as an artist initially. As an artist first,
2: yeah. So when you say stand up, do you mean financially, or do you, or do you mean um, physically? No, literally,
4: literally, it was a, it was literally stand up at a party. but well, it, um, it's
2: yeah. quite fascinating how I mean, like I said, I've done a few of these now, and how often record labels are born out of. Uh, drinking sessions is <laughs> remarkable. I mean, all bad decisions are, right? Yeah, he <laughs> tried right
3: to go off my girlfriend at the time <laughs> as well. <so>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and whilst you sort out try that
3: to in every interview, at yeah. all <laughs> yeah. uh, wh- uh,
2: whilst you sort out that dispute, shall we play this track?
3: Yeah. yeah so this yeah. is the uh, first ever release on Wild 45s from um, yeah 18 years ago now, and it's uh, music out of Norway from uh, Mr Espen Horn, and it's called Magnetica. Kind kind skin,
5: denk wie
2: Everyone in the uh, studio here was happy for that to carry on forever.
3: <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an evergreen record, I think, that's what it is. It, well, it certainly is.
2: Uh, yeah, well, it took us a while to get to how old it was yeah. <laughs> to figure I've been, out. I've been
3: trying to get Espen to remix it for the last 18 years as well. Yeah. And uh, he still hasn't got around to it.
2: Oh, it sounds so perfect as, on its own, No, it's right? true,
3: I know, but, you know, people love it so much, sort of like it you know it'd be nice to mm. have a little remix of it but mm. probably not probably just leave it maybe leave it he's too, he's too busy having a nice life in Norway anyway, it is, isn't he? eating yeah. fish
2: yeah. Yeah, I think I think we can all be jealous of that right <laughs>
3: yeah yeah totally absolutely.
2: Uh, so who who was the artist again What's... so
3: it's, it's a guy called Espen Horn um, who lives in Bergen in Norway and uh, he's actually responsible for my first ever foreign DJ gig which would have been okay. about the same time um, when me and Simon Goss went out there to DJ for him and uh, yeah, it's just, I think it's just a little track that he sent Simon and Chris, and they were into it. So the idea of the record label beginning at the very beginning was to reflect the club night, which at the time was at the Jazz Cafe every Friday.
2: Yeah. And, Somewhere uh, you still DJ regularly, right?
3: I now DJ at the Jazz Cafe every Friday. <laughs> weirdly, <laughs> weirdly after after like twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, uh, what was I saying? Yes, yeah, so it was to reflect the it was to fl- reflect what we were playing in the club night, which is actually. Pretty much what I'm still playing at the club night, and the jazz <laughs> which is kind of old stuff mixed with new stuff. Mm-hmm. And soul and disco and funk and, and jazz mixed with electronic music, good house music, what we would call good house music, hip-hop, whatever, mm. you know. Um, whatever we come across that, that, that we're feeling, really. We've always been fairly open-minded. So, so the idea um, was to have a new track on one side of the record and an old track on the other side of the record. Yeah. Just to kind of reflect that. So the old track on this record is a track called Pearl Baby Pearl by Benny Paul.
2: Is that still sounding evergreen and fresh now?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a classic, oh, that's it's a classic, a classic, it's a classic yeah, record. Yeah. But um, what kind of happened with Simon and Chris at the beginning was that they were they were they were quite adept at uh, sort of uh, licensing uh, the old records, but there wasn't really a lot of new stuff coming through. Mm-hmm. So the next couple of releases, which, one of which we're going to play in a minute, were just old tracks licensed. Yeah. Um, but the problem they were coming up against, and that I was seeing them come up against when I joined the label. Was that it was costing an absolute fortune to license these records and f- to license them for a seven-inch, as opposed to for a compilation album or for an album that you know you can actually make some money off them was
4: really. Even with the way records were selling, even ways. then
3: when we were selling, you know, sort of I don't know, like you know, three, four thousand seven inches, you know, um, which maybe still doesn't sell like that much, but it's right, so it no, a bew- lot compared to what you can sell now.
2: Yes, bewildering numbers now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
3: yeah um you know so it, it became quite clear that that something had to change and 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 to be honest i was more interested in finding new artists and actually signing artists to a label that actually signed artists which wasn't yeah. what it was at all at the time you know it was just like we would put this record out then maybe we'll put this record out and that was kind of it you know to play in the club but it was actually yeah. shall we maybe we can actually sign some artists and
2: so if I've got this right, the, uh, the label sort of started when that track that we just played mm. was essentially sent to Si and Chris, mm. who had started the label. They were inspired to put the, la- put the label together because of that and because yeah. of the club Initially night. Initially
3: with Adrian Gibson, who was running the jazz club at the time as well.
2: And then, um, and then they brought you in to find all the new stuff that they couldn't get well, to actually I mean, make them some they money.
3: Didn't, they didn't do that intentionally, but that's kind of how, it, that's kind of how I suppose it panned out. Chris was also getting very busy with hospital yeah. Um off the back of his tongue groove label, which was the label before hospital, the hospital was starting to fly a little bit and um so he really needed the time of that. So to have someone in to work with Simon, you yeah. know, was, was someone a bit someone a bit younger, so it feels weird to say it It's it's um, <laughs> um but, it's, you know.
2: it's fascinating to think that you were you guys started releasing contemporary stuff to make money. As, a, <laughs> as opposed to now where it's the exact opposite. Well, you know, actually,
3: we, you know, actually, like we haven't done very much at all, but you played on me PNOL at the beginning, but that's yeah. an example of us actually licensing, well, in that case, actually reissuing ourselves old, old music yeah. and uh, sort of gone full circle, but in a very different way of actually rediscovering redis- that music for ourselves and bringing it, to, bringing it to a new audience rather than just licensing something from a catalogue. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And that's, I think, more interesting for us. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we could find an Omni piano every week, we would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. So this track that we've got lined up.
3: Yeah. Actually, you had, you had, you chose this track, Adam. So. Uh...
4: It's just uh, it's a it's a you know it's a record that I've I've never actually been able to. Get the original um, Wawa. You mean the original Wawa? Wawa, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't unfortunately have it, but uh, this is this is actually a, a Black Cat uh, reissue of this record by Shane's Coming. Um, it's just one that I completely always associated with Simon and and oh. uh, and, and and him playing when I was starting to attend Wawa nights, really, as uh, just as, as, a, a as a as a yeah. Yeah, as a as a punter, really, to go and listen to to the music that I liked. And to get to know these guys, you know, hoping to eventually join the label as an artist. So, and and then after that, I got to, you know, there was a period of time where I had the pleasure of DJing uh, from time to time with Dom and Simon. And uh, and yeah, this is just this just this is just one of those records that I really just completely associate with Si very much. So,
2: So let's give it a listen. Yeah.
6: I was wrong to chain you down. I was the clown. Did I think I could keep you that way? No.
2: Amazing stuff. It's the sound of the club nights from a uh, well, ten years back, twenty years, nearly twenty years. But yeah, <laughs> you
3: know, we still play these records today. So you know, it's the sounds of the club nights now as well. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it
4: is. But I think, I think, um, you know, nice to look at the fact that, I, I guess, in some people might associate those early nights as like sort of like sort of kind of almost straight funk and soul nights but I think there's always been a slightly yeah, more right. offbeat kind of feel to what we do and you know whether that's a sort of more swinging kind of soul cut soul rock sort of thing or something like that you know there's yeah. that's that's there's always been a very songwritery kind of vibe in 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 what's been in everyone's taste all those of yeah. things Also I remember
3: in those late nights um jazz cafe nights um early noughties jazz cafe nights I remember Chris always t- Turning up with like, like what seemed like a hundred test presses from Goya of broken beat records, right? Yeah, you know, and he played them all with his big uh, um, writing on the front in his you know thick black pen of each, of each one, <laughs> and he played one after another. Yeah, so there was you know we were always I'm not trying to say we we're cutting edge, but you know we were always keeping up with yeah. what was going on with that kind of music. So that's mm-hmm. you know, what interests us.
2: Yeah, no, nice. so uh, and that's the sort of stuff you're still playing today. And do you play? When yeah. do you play the jazz cafe? Like we.
3: I'm a, I'm a resident at Juspe every Friday, okay. pretty much.
2: So um, if you want to listen to more of that stuff on a dance floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you absolutely. do? Yeah, I
3: guess every Friday. It's great, yeah. So it's it's, it's weird to be back there after all these years and um, kind of doing the same thing yeah. <laughs> as I was doing then in a slightly different environment. But,
2: uh, and, yeah. do you, um, and do you talk like, or, I mean, you said you had your first uh, foreign DJ gig back mm. in, what, 99, 2000-ish, but then you've... You know, now you play all over the world, right? Yeah, we've you...
3: quite lucky enough to for quite a long time. I mean, we both do. It's You know, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege.
2: So it's quite interesting it's when there's a label that is, you know, run by DJs who obviously play and probably make more money doing the DJing but than the gotta label. But you've got to make money somehow, haven't you? I mean, yeah. You
3: know, running a record label isn't the uh, ideal way, obviously.
2: So I'm wondering, like, how... How you keep yourself motivated to do the label if you're, you know, if it's not what makes you the money? Oh, but you know, like
3: releasing a record and, and 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 especially seeing people's reaction to a live band performing it and 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 you know, listening to and hearing it played on the radio and just you know, the joy that that creates for me personally is like immeasurable. So you know,
4: you're in a. You're, I think, um, especially as you get better at understanding what you really care about and how to make it work, um, I think. You know the idea of releasing something that will sit in your record collection as one of your favourite records. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 an incredible incredible buzz, and and I think you know the the, the uh, in addition to that, finding artists that care enough to make those kind of records and making them feel valued and and uh, and giving them the kind of uh, honest and uh, hopefully as rewarding as you can you can manage ride as that as that as they they're likely to get out of the industry. I think. You know, they're things that we try to do, but yeah, ultimately, when you release a track that's like that's my that's my favorite, that's like yeah. one of my favorite songs of all time, and you know, that's 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 mm. perfect. You know, putting it on your record player and listening to that.
2: When you get the box of records and you open it up and pull one out, right, it must be a yeah. bit of a thrill. Yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. Oh, right. I mean, we try and meet we, you know, we we as we always say, we're interested in songs and whatever format that may take. It may not sound like you know, maybe a hip hop record. It may not be in the traditional sense or. Quite an ambient electronic record, but you know if the, the song needs to be in there somewhere for us, and that's what we're all about. We're about timeless music, really, yeah. You know, which is why we can listen to the ones we've been playing already now, and they still sound great. And hopefully, that's that's what our ears, you know, create. That's why the label is what it is. Um, but I was going to play something. If we we're talking about timeless music, and we're talking about songs that um, stay with us for a long time, I was waiting to play something by Alison Crockett, yeah, who's an artist that um, came to us kind of through Chris, actually.
2: When he, was, when he got you in to look for contemporary yeah, stuff. And, and, <laughs> um, but he,
3: well, he, 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 you know, Chris is, 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 was and still is very much more on the kind of tip of new music. Simon was, no, Simon was into new music and always like buying new stuff, but he had his vast knowledge of of, of, uh, of old soul jazz and funk as well. So, you know, that was kind of his preoccupation. But Chris being particularly connected in the music industry, you know, with hospital and everything, he would often get music sent to him that didn't fit with hospital, but was interesting or... You know, And so he was uh, sent his music by Alison Crockett, who at the time was working with us three. Mm-hmm. And if you remember then that cantaloupe tune that they had, and she was doing um, late like with Jules and stuff like that with, with us three. And she was brought to us by a lady called Emily Moxham. Okay. Who um, now um, runs Brownsworth Recordings. For oh, Charles wow. Peterson. And um, so I remember we had lunch with her and um, Alison, who'd come over from, I think she was in Philly at the time. Philadelphia, amazing, wonderful, incredible woman, and so she had this. She had this album called "On Becoming a Woman," which um, was in many ways a sort of classic soul R and B album, but but with a, a, a certain kind of class and and, and great songwriting, and you know, R and B in the true sense of the word, not rhythm yeah. and business, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Chris was preoccupied with this track called "Nappy," which ended up being on the A side of. Um, Chris is preoccupied. <laughs> on the, the A side of this um, seven-inch that we released, but I was really keen to put this track called "Light Rain" on the B side. And uh, sound like I'm showing off now, but that's the one that actually became the one that, <laughs> that people. Uh, I am showing off.
2: Yeah, Chris, rubbish. Chris. Hey, it's, your, it's your show; you're allowed to show <laughs> and, off.
3: And um, talking it was, about it was luck. Yeah, <laughs> to, talking about talking about you know tracks on the radio. I remember we went in with Alison and, and Teddy, a brother. I think it was me and Simon. And we went into um, Radio 1, mm-hmm. into Giles' show, and sat as he interviewed Alison and, and played this track. And, cool. Uh, so give it a listen. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just a wonderful feeling, you know? It's a beauty. It sounds even better at the right speed. <laughs> Um, I remember doing this quite a few times because all of our 45s are usually at 45, but this 45 is at 33, which is slightly confusing.
2: Very Beautiful, especially mm. at the right speed. I mean, as I, <laughs> as I was saying, you know, you call your label Wawa 45s, you should really stick to that.
3: Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, you just, about it, it was just
2: good music you had uh, to, to be honest, get
3: we, we actually release a lot of music on 33 now, yeah, we do, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably a lot more than we do on 45. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. you probably uh, release a lot more 12 inches right now. It's yeah,
4: 12
3: inches in LP uh, or Wawa Flak, I suppose, or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not, there's a lot of people who are quite obsessed with 45s and we're not, we're not those people. Um We love a 45, but um, the thing there was, a, we there was a
4: a, gym, yeah. yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a, well, when I, when I sort of came along, you, there was, you were probably releasing more 12s than 45s, I think, actually. Yeah,
3: we for a period of releasing quite a lot of 12s. And then
4: there was a period kind of, I'm um, going to say 2007, where it, I don't know, we've started finding 12s a bit unsustainable. They, yeah. they, we, the, what, whatever it was that we were, were, were doing, it wasn't really working for us. And actually, you know, in reality, the the whole uh, indie sort of label industry was struggling, I think, on, on, on the vinyl front anyway at that point. And we we're in that kind of transitional point with digital starting to actually have a significant impact on that, I think. So, uh, yeah, the, the, there was a point then when we started. Almost specializing in sevens because they were the one thing that did actually keep seeming to to sell, um, and it's only really been in the last couple of years that we've gone back Got to back doing to start, kind of yeah. like quite remix heavy, um, kind of club centric twelve inches again. Um, but yeah, we went we we kind of went into the seven inch area and and then and then started doing our first uh, LPs as well um, around about that time. But
2: uh, yeah. But this time in the label, so what, early, well, 2000, when that last record came out, it was uh, exclusively Sevens, was it then? Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, that's kind of, well, yeah, that's kind of, well, that's totally how the label started. It was supposed to be exclusively Sevens. But, Presumably I mean, just for
2: DJing at Jazz Cafe, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, hopefully people DJing every, uh, other places with it as well. About know. <laughs> 4,000 um, people yeah. queuing up with this, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to get busy. on the decks. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, inevitably, you know, with signing artists, then you have to sort of... Move yourself out of that of that uh, format because yeah. it's not sustainable, really. <laughs> you know, you need at the time, you know, making CDs and well, we still make CDs, um, and uh, yeah, and and twelve inches and everything else that comes with it.
2: Is that, that they wanted the album and they wanted the artist development? Was that what it was? Or well, we just... want, we
3: wanted it. You know, we want, mm. we we you know. We were all about finding new artists at that time and uh, developing them as much as we could. I mean, we were really finding our own way as well. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Still don't. Yeah. But, um, you know, and... Uh, still standing, there, sort of Still standing, and, just and like about. Like some of us. Just about, some days. Um, finding our way, you know, as well with the artist in a lot of ways. And, yeah. you know, sometimes that works really well and sometimes it kind of blows up in your face. But, you know, you, you learn a lot of lessons along the way. Um, but yeah I was going to play you another track from um I think this is actually from 2007 I just had a look so it's about 10 it's about the time you joined the label Yeah 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 so um, just after
2: the notorious party incident
3: Yeah, yeah a couple of years after yeah, a few a few years after a couple a of years after, years after. after yeah, at least yeah. a couple of years Yeah things had calmed <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it was fine at the time let's not we let's won't. not talk about it So this is a band um from West London called largely from West London called Talc, who sadly um, unlike Bill Withers they're no longer with us um, uh, and uh, they I I was at my actually I was living in Highgate with a mate and um, he took me into a room and said have a listen to this record it's not actually the record we're going to play now but it's by the same band it was a called modern sleepover and it kind of totally blew my mind and it had this kind of Steely Dan kind of feel which is the whole area of music that I, I totally love yeah. And I'm slightly obsessed with um, this kind of, as people call it, blue-eyed soul kind of vibe, but combined with slightly amusing lyrics. Okay, I like um, this is going. And uh, then we went to see them live, and they were all kind of dressed up in ridiculous outfits. Everyone was, and then someone was dressed as a ninja. Someone was dressed as John McEnroe. I remember it was Bobby Fame, I think the drummer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the first time, we kind of we kind of changed that a little bit, didn't we? Or they kind of changed it as, <laughs> as we went along. But uh, yeah, signed them up, really, and we did two albums with them, and sadly, yeah, as I say, they're no longer together as a band, but they're made up of, um, it was two guys, uh, Nicol Thompson and Jim Knight, who are two of the greatest session players in the country, and you'll see them without realising it on TV all the time, I still see them all the time, and, yeah. and funny enough, we do stuff with other bands now, and, and, and they're in the horn section, Yeah, you know, it's been hired in, it's them. <laughs> so um but two incredible albums with talc and i was always going to play you a tune called modern sleepover part two robots return okay so the follow-up to that but first the, track you heard. yes yeah but the 45 on that side it sounds a bit dodgy so i'm going to play you the b-side which i love um just as much which is uh, called please 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 me it's about sex
7: and calling sick today No
2: dad's listening today but that's the sort of thing he would be bang up <laughs> there for well so i think i you think
4: go. you know the um I, I think it always sounds a bit a bit
2: smug and
4: uh and and and, and weird to say but uh when you, when people claim to be ahead of ahead of the, the the curve a little bit on things but um but that's that's such a big sound now the, the sort of like thundercat has kind of brought back that yeah. kind of real kind of yacht rock sort of feel and yeah. uh and um yeah well, we we were always in it.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're always funny. ahead of the curve, is that yeah, what you say? the track I was going to play on the other side, Modern Over Part 2, has just been licensed to uh, Moody Man oh, wow. compilations, just to sort of illustrate what Adam was just saying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I was doing a Jazz Cafe, in fact, the first Friday I did in the new sessions at, at, at um, Jazz Cafe, and uh, the guest DJ played that very tune, the B-side, wow. on the other side of that. And how did that feel? I've, it, it, it just went down like a lead balloon. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't believe he was playing it, but um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty know. slow paced for a dance floor. Yeah. but David Akumi, bless him, he played it anyway, so yeah. that was nice. Yeah, was. Uh,
2: how did? Uh, so, what was your initial reaction to hearing that? Was it? why is he playing this or
3: oh, oh my god I sort of he's playing one of my tracks it's, it's the, Invis- yeah, the Invisible it's those guys yeah yeah so it's, 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 it's ninja a ninja tune a sort right. of, yeah I expect them to sort of play stuff like that because that's kind of in the mm. sort of vibe that they're into so it wasn't, <laughs> but I just yeah I wouldn't necessarily play it in front of a, a young audience at the Jazz Cafe particularly yeah. or any really audience annoyed. at midnight yeah, yeah. so, so um, the records
2: aren't always necessarily about playing in the club
3: no well that's but, the other thing that kind of changed I guess so that they became obviously when you get artist albums then and then you're going to get a variety of music that Unless you're just going to go for producers who are making dance floor bangers, you know, yeah. you're going to get, um, as I said, we're all about the songs. So you're going to get stuff that isn't, isn't just for the, mm. And I, you know, we put out 12s that were just like ballads and stuff. That was the moment <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. you time. Know, that's <laughs> it's a song track that we put out. That's which still which one of my favourite songs of all time. An incredible yeah. 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 piece of, again, Scandinavian music. It's Swedish that time, isn't it? Um, largely Swedish. Largely oh, Swedish, like. um, which was a twelve-inch record. that was just just a ballad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's not Did,
2: necessarily didn't sell that well. So it's not necessary that Jeez the God. music necessarily fits the format. In no, I off. think we've
3: probably got better at that over the yeah, years. Yeah, I think I think
4: you know we've oh, yeah. it's been it's been a, a learning process you know we're people that are crazy about music that are running a business and and you know so it's been a it's been a journey of of working those things out as we've gone along yeah. and yeah i think hopefully we're a bit more savvy about how we do those things now and uh you know there's you can't put everything on vinyl as much as yeah. everybody wants to you know it's just just you know it is it's a difficult it's still a difficult time to make uh sustainable cash for artists out of out of releasing at this at this level i think you know it's getting better but it's still tough and so you have to make tough decisions and go you know what it's just it's just not vinyl that one and i think artists understand that these days because they're just as concerned about being sustainable and you know making a living out
2: of it really so how do you um how do you balance those decisions then what makes it a vinyl release versus a digital release or
4: uh well i got i mean having having said that you'd think there'd be data behind it but it's still pretty in, instinct based yeah. you know you, you you'll have a feeling and 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 sometimes you just have a gut feeling that you go well, maybe this is a slow shot but it's going to work we're going it's going to make yeah. sense like um Deliver me with the milk. Um, we put yeah. that on a seven-inch, but then we knew they had a big audience, and and yeah. we will get to <laughs> or them. But yeah or, yeah, or this one, yeah. You know, sometimes sometimes it is the right thing to do, but it is very much it's crazy that it, you know you, you learn you learn you get a lot of experiences and you, and and data and those sorts of things that you'd bring into a business normally do make a make a big part of what we do. But mm-hmm. I would say that that uh, sort of a vast percentage of the decision-making process is very much instinct-based. So yeah.
5: yeah,
3: I mean, you know, you know, like certain genres are more vinyl-friendly, possibly. Yeah. Obviously, dance music, like funk and Afrobeat kind of stuff, is generally speaking. But, you know, we made a mistake about uh, an Afrobeat 7-inch, which probably we should yeah. have done yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> before yeah. we realised. You know.
2: the, the Afrobeat's usually a bit long for a 7-inch. Yeah, inch but you <laughs> know, I've
3: got quite a lot of Afrobeat 7-inches that, have, you know, yeah. They've yeah, I've got one I've, I've played forever and ever as well. Yeah, actually? there have been many of them down the years. Yeah. Obviously, millions
2: of them. But um... There's, um, there's a, It's the classic you Know where you get from like 70s funk and uh, funk tracks where there's like sort of part one on one side, part two mm. on the other yeah, side, exactly. that seems, exactly. still I, that, and that's that. what we did.
4: That's what we did, but that, part one and yeah. Um, I, th- I think it was, uh, it was quite early in the campaign, it, it was, an, and it was early in us going back to 12s. And and uh, and I think you know, sometimes sometimes you're cautious, sometimes you're, you're you take big risks, and sometimes you're overly cautious. And I think at that point in time, we were like yeah, I think there's, there's, the 7-inch the is the right way to go with this. And I mean, we didn't get it right. But, you know, that's... It's
5: your fault. You is it my
4: it. fault? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's probably my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah. So um, so what prompted the decision to put this one on 7-inch there? Because this is a different 7-inch yeah, to the one like, you were just talking about.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, we we sort of referred to it earlier without like, saying so what it was. But, um, I mean, I think part of what we've got good at as well is, is releasing... Um, a lot of stuff quite limited, sort of quite limited numbers. If we think, yeah. you know, that's it's got an audience, but it's not going to sell by the thousands. So, yeah. you know, a hundred or a few hundred of a, a couple of hundred of a, of a, of a particular tune. Yeah, that
2: 20 left remaining, that 20 remaining
3: stuff, Which we're doing a lot re- more recently with seven inches, whereas 12 inches seem to be flying in bigger numbers for us. Um, but this was sort of not a handstand one, but one of those special ones. A couple of remixes from Coleman Brothers, who. Um, um, started on the label about 100 years ago yeah. and um, released one album for us and um, we got a couple of remixes one from the Herbalizer um, and yeah. this one from Tall Black Guy cool. it's uh, called On a Better Day I'm Dreaming uh.
2: good christmas hit there with the <laughs> sleigh bells in there you know, countdown to christmas now clocks change in a few weeks you know
4: yeah we just got we've just literally just made a, a good business plan for repackaging that as a christmas hit yeah, uh, today it. so thanks for that yeah
2: yeah it's our 21st of december this year yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. dot 45bandcampcom <laughs>
3: Someone let tall black guy know it's happening. MySpace dot com yeah. forward slash
2: yeah. yeah, tall black guy is strange. Uh, is it from Philly, isn't he? Um, originally, Li- he's
3: from Philly originally. Yeah, he lives in in Norwich with Alan Partridge.
2: Yeah, a, v- yeah. a very bizarre change of scenery.
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he's a he's a lovely man though. He is quite
2: and, tall. Yeah. Well, I sort of I I haven't seen him live, but I just assumed it was you know a name that I hadn't been given much thought to. You know, he's <laughs> just like. Nice that's it. So, you know, it's uh, where all the best names come from, right? World War 45, so, you know, what are you do. Short white bloke, that's me. So, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, when your, um, you know, your next uh, career takes off, I guess your offshoot DJ career. Energy, that's it. <laughs> too too much listening to music that you yeah. get sent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But, yeah, you know, Tall Black Guy's uh, record came out on First Word uh, mm. last last year, I think, Um Really a bizarre cover of him, a cartoon of him like clinging onto a train, if I remember correctly. That's right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
3: yeah.
4: It's his second album, though, isn't it? I think, it, I think it's his a, second uh, album, yeah. Or there, yeah. Certainly was a, there, was, there certainly was a sort of like second full-length thing. project, whether, yeah. that was, whether he sort of thought that as an album or not. There was... Um couple Of years before that, I think but. all these
3: changes are usually about two minutes long, so it's probably yeah, yeah. yeah. About it, except away. his remixes, which are always yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah,
2: like the one that we just heard, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A, and on the flip side of that is a remix by The Herbalizer, Herbalizer yeah, yeah. so another ninja tune artist. You mentioned the vi- yeah. invisible before, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, First Word as well, like yeah. all you know, with yourselves labels, yeah, all at family, all. you know,
3: we're all family pretty much, and you know, Ali from First Word is like one of our best mates, and um we've shared staff and all sorts of things, haven't we? We, you know, we do yeah. pub nights together. We do busy buildings together down in the basement. And um,
4: I, th- I think uh, it's been, you know, it's been. Um, I, d- I don't know whether I thought I, I, I had this perspective from the outside that, that, that there was any sort of like competitiveness, but there really, the, there, there, there isn't. That kind of thing. we everyone's kind there of there trying there to help each all. other through yeah. a bit. Yeah. Um, there's an amazingly abundant uh, help if you if you want to go and approach someone at different labels. And and, and yeah, there's actually a, a very close knit family of people. I mean, you I mean you've cultivated a hell of a sort of like family over the last twenty years or whatever. Of doing I, this. that's
3: my wife. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think you know it's a kind of we, we all rise up together kind of attitude really. So everyone's everyone's keen to help out and. And, and artists, you know. Have, uh I don't know, I don't know whether it's unique to this scene or not, but there's, there's just massive, massive. Oh, tell us next. So, we're
3: so in, yeah, yeah. in this scene, but yeah, I mean, even labels like Ninja, who have become sort of a mini, mini major in a way, mm-hmm. um, still have got wonderful people like James Heather, you can go and speak to and, and, you know, help you out with stuff. It's, it's
2: great. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Wonderful artist yeah. in his own right as well. And, and the
3: wonderful artist in his own right now, having a tin on his piano. Yeah. Yeah. I owe so James
2: did. Heather a lot in terms of like discovering new music. And yeah. uh, Well, I went to interview Bonobo at an yeah. uh, Tune's offices years and years ago. Now yeah. To, a completely different life and he just took me into the ninja warehouse in their house in Kensington in, in Kennington sorry yeah, Kennington, it's just yeah. like the bottom floor is just gutted and it's just their warehouse it's yeah. just like you can take three records from this that you've got in here and I went okay I'll have that one that one. I was like oh no you've got to have this one and this one and this one I walked out of there with like 30 records just like <laughs> I remember yeah down. I
3: remember doing that a few times in Ninja and <laughs> in, um, Ninja in, um, in Montreal as well I think it was it yeah Montreal they, they had an office out there as well yeah. and doing, doing the same thing but um, but yeah and we should mention True Thoughts as well obviously a very important um, record label who we've got a lot of connect, a lot of connections with you mentioned but obviously it was yeah. originally on True Thoughts and, and Quantic and you know, all everyone I could probably mention from Tree Thoughts has done a remix for us at some point or the other. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, all sorts, all sorts of people, Jay Felix. um But uh, yeah, it's all it's all family. You know, we all, we all help each other out. And Rob Lou is a lovely man. Paul's all right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, people coming together in adversity. In love to- you, Paul. Love you, Paul. Love you. <laughs> he's, not, he's not. He'll
3: never listen to this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah so it's like people coming together in adversity you know it's you know as you've mentioned the music industry struggles like with a lot of things so it's just people yeah i just think
3: you know most people most people aren't into the music that we're we're putting out all of us you know so it kind of kind of bonds you together automatically
2: yeah and the wonderful reason for doing like shows like this is you know meeting people who are incredibly passionate about what they do and are doing it for that not for economic reasons mm. or for the business reasons mm. so you know you're naturally going to meet people who are doing it for the love and mm. want to help other people out who have the same passion mm. as opposed to helping someone out who's That's essentially brilliant. just in it for themselves
3: but in contrast we play a, a cheesy cover version oh i'd
2: love to hear that <laughs> bit of Inspector Norse is it Gene Dudley group did
4: you say it is it is the Gene Dudley group it's one of those it's one of those um surprisingly rare moments that someone sends us music and it's actually it's actually <laughs> really good I've got I mean I'm you know I don't mean to be really horribly mean but you know on the whole the sort of like demo submission process is is pretty uh, more missed than hit and uh the, the 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 finding great artists tends to come through Friends and 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 nice connections, going to yeah. good gigs and seeing things. But it's not to say that we'd love to we'd love to hear more music if it's if it's actually targeted and it's something that we're likely to like. It's amazing yeah. how little effort and writ re- to research what 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 we do. People do before they send you music. But oh, but anyway, regardless of that, um, the, uh, Rob came to you actually though probably to send it for because you were doing the, ra- the radio show at the time and he wanted uh, I think he wanted some music on there, didn't he? But um, I
3: just remember him sending me some some. Uh, some, some demos, some really rough, yeah. really raw. Sounded great actually, really raw demos. Yeah, yeah. and it just had this kind of sort of lo-fi, just sounded like a guy who understood funk and soul music yeah. as, as it's become in inverted commas a- funk and soul music. Listen to what you were, but to what we were playing. Yeah. But also like had a had a, had a bit of class about him. Had a like you know. Didn't want to make a hundred miles an hour funk music that kind of just noodles all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> With, he wasn't trying know. to
4: just ape the sound. He was actually, yeah. he was, um, in fact, that's the last thing he was he was doing. Yeah. Really, there was the, he was using traditional methods to record, but what 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 was in his music was something a lot deeper than that, and uh, that's what appealed. I think. Hopefully. Yeah,
3: the nature of what what became that first album, which was a lot more um, down tempo and purely instrumental. Was was the kind of stuff we got at the beginning from him, which was uh, very much sort of a dance, so sort of a bit of a mad lib feel about it. Yeah. That kind of that kind of that kind of feel to what he was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved on to the second album, and you know, I guess his confidence got, uh, grew, and he started making more dance floor. Um, Music, as well as as well as stuff that was kind of similar to the first album a little bit, but he's got his own sound. He's really sort of grown his own sound out of it, and he did this cover version of In, of Inspector Norse. It's, it's a cheesy cover version. version. It's, not, it's a great cover version. Yeah, so much so that when Todd Terger played at Glastonbury. He used a little bit of you know, no, Jimmy Dunne's record in his in his live set. Yeah. Was that when
2: he played with the band as well, with, f- yeah. with all the dancing yeah. girls and everything? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. yeah, fantastic.
3: Yeah. Like, year before last or something.
2: And that's uh, you've got. A, it seems from the outside that you've got a bit of a penchant for that sort of music. You've got Hackney Colliery Band who do um, outrageous we did have Hackney cover. Hackney Band, yes. Yeah, yes well, yeah. you have released Hackney yes, Colliery yes, Band, yes, yes, yes. who you know had outrageous cover versions of songs as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, we all like a... it goes back to the very beginning of what we were talking about playing in the club and Simon as well. Simon had a massive penchant for cover version, so much so he had a night called Version, which he <laughs> yeah. used to do regularly, which, you know, yeah. obviously used to go down and play out and try and dig out the most obscure covers we could find, you know, generally in the soul jazz kind of realm. Um yeah, we all love a we all love a cover, you know, it's it's a big part of jazz music, obviously cover versions, that's mm-hmm. what, you know, a lot of jazz is. Um but it's a quest what well, it's so so important is getting it right because like they're ten a penny you know oh yeah bad cover and, versions and, and, are bad and, songs and, and yeah. you know we we try not to do too many yeah but when we do do it hopefully we do something interesting with it yeah we did a compilation didn't we of, yeah we
4: did we did we put we put um, a compilation of our sort of our favourites from that period And uh, but yeah I mean also it's
3: two, two, uh, two songs of it <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. The th- I think it's the, the yeah the cover versions become quite a a, a massive currency in the last probably five years, four or five right. years, I suppose. And, and especially with YouTube and, and, and how easy that is to generate quick interest by doing those sorts of cover versions for people. but and then obviously that? live yes. lounge and stuff like that. And, yeah. and, and, and I, yeah, I
2: don't know. I think, I
3: think for most it's... people are idiots. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: So that's why they do a uh, re, um, Remakes of films and whatever—it's the familiar, it's, it's called but money. the new. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's
4: yeah. it's easy to get to someone, isn't it? It's uh, it's tapping immediately into an audience and saying, "Oh, here's my here, here, here I am." Um, so yeah, I think it, 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 it's got harder and harder to do it because obviously we get into all these kind of like minor chord versions of pop songs and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff that started happening because of Live Lounge and things like that. And you know, it's, it was it's all it was all very entertaining and there's some there's some great some quite classic moments from that sort of thing, but I think. Uh, yeah, it's 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 harder to approach with any kind of uh, uh, sort of dignity. Yeah, it really, got, it, got, it,
3: got to, it got to a bit of a point where we felt like the only way we could put a seven-inch out is if it had a cover version on it. Yeah, uh, it's just not 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 down with that at all. No, it's just no. like I'd rather stop putting them out and just do big remix twelves and stuff and albums. Yeah. And that's kind of part of the reason, sort of part of the reason that we kind of slow down with the sevens a bit wasn't it
4: yeah but then on the other hand what we got into was uh, this kind of like subsidiary activity in a way of doing um, dub plates and, yeah. and getting into into edits which has been a, a, a kind of vital and classic part of the, the DJing community particularly in a sort of funk and soul and disco community over the years um, and helped us feed our own DJ sets I guess and uh, and kind of carve Carve those in directions that we very specifically wanted them to go by getting, you know, kind of commissioned almost like cuts of tracks that we we're really yeah. into to make them work a little bit stronger for the dance floor. So, although maybe we stopped approaching that from expecting artists to be able to deliver something in that way, um, yeah, it was a very different thing. Yeah, we've come and, and at it in a different angle. It's not something
3: we felt comfortable releasing on the label as such, yeah, on the actual official label, yeah. so you know, we've. Um, I don't think it provides an alternative to anything but it's just it's, it's something that, that grew out yeah as Adam says out of our DJ sets and became quite a natural thing to do and we've always been we've tried to be as respectful as we can with them and release them in small numbers and absolutely no digital whatsoever selling digital thing, yeah. you know because these are these are records for DJs to play in clubs and you know even if you don't have your own copies of them.
2: Even if, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, saying well. yeah, there's a couple like yeah, the Ray Charles one which I don't have, which is like fifty quid on Discogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's still sitting in my in my basket thing. Like I can't buy my record for fifty quid. Yeah, I mean, I a, boot, I a bootleg.
4: I start. I did a. I did a. I started off doing a couple because I literally was in a place where I couldn't really afford to buy records much at the time, and I started yeah. cutting up my own record collections to be able to have something new to play out. Really, um, but yeah, like you say, we try. We try to be respectful, and I think. There's definitely a few cases. There's people like uh, edits that I've done and people like Mary Clayton, Margie Joseph, um, where specifically um, using that platform then to inform people about artists that they maybe weren't as familiar Absolutely. about. And I've had a lot of very productive conversations with people that have definitely never heard those artists and have now gone through exploring legitimately yeah. their back catalogs yeah. and getting into that. So you know it's it, it's it's a grey area and we we it's kind of almost making excuses it feels a little bit like that sometimes but no, I, I do I, believe that hopefully we 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 we're adding something and you know in some lucky cases like um uh leon silvers and and mm. um trying to think of someone else well uh jazzy i suppose uh, mm. and then there's people that have actually heard them and and have kind of said like it so you know thankfully we've navigated <laughs>
3: We don't have Jazzy's official... No, we
4: don't have... I said he liked it. I didn't say (laughs) say he approved of it.
2: (laughs) I can tell, tell you, like, as a punter that I'm... Yeah, I've done that exact thing is listened to an edit and then discovered an artist I'd never heard of yeah, before. Yeah. I think um, the other great example of people doing this is Psych Magic, right? They oh, you know, yeah. do loads yeah. of amazing edits of stuff I'd never yeah. heard. You never, you would never hear outrageous yeah. records that they've put out. Yeah. And I've just discovered new stuff that I've absolutely loved. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think I sometimes
3: they so. deflate with Mac.
2: <laughs> but the, the, what that it's a ridiculous sort of like 11 minute version of dreams that they've got yeah, somewhere yeah. it has it has about a well, say 11 minute version i was just gonna say that it has about a 15 minute intro it's yeah, yeah. it's just it's a long track it's i mean
4: because you're in this situation now where discogs are obviously uh, approaching this idea of completely removing uh non-legitimate bootlegs and things like yeah. that and and, the, and it's that's really interesting to be in that situation. I mean, I, obviously there's, there's 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 business pressures that they're under in terms of where they're at, but it's an interesting situation because it is such a vital part of the of of the DJing community yeah. that stuff. And like you say, bringing all kinds of like rare, weird, obscure music right. uh, into. Into a, an accessible place that then can allow you to go into the, the sort of like less accessible ends of that that artist's music as well yeah. and, and discover right. stuff. So, yes, yeah, um, you know, it is it has its uh, issues, but I think it's such a vital vital part of of, of music and music discovery and music yeah. kind of. I mean, on the very personal note
3: like, between me and Adam, it's really great for both of us. I think we discover music from each other. Doing it, I'll suggest tracks to to Adam to edit mm. yeah, and. and, and He'll edit things that I haven't heard before. The same, so like this Chucker tune, which I I was aware of, Mm. but I hadn't really given it a proper listen until you did the edit. Yeah, and it's like it's amazing. Yeah, I don't know strings.
4: Yeah, I mean it's that's it. And I I actually I I only I mean it's a great track in its own right. I mean I've put a bit more of a four four under it, but I I only really edited it because I wanted the string bit to loop twice. Yeah, uh, because it's massive. But um, yeah, it's off the same album that uh, "I'm Every Woman" was on, and uh, it's beautiful. And it, the the original track's produced by Arif Arif Mardin, uh, who's like one of the one of the great great producers. Um, and you know, and that, that that's his string sound really, you know, as well. And uh, you can really hear that massive orchestral um, magic really. Cool.
2: And in, uh, that disco edit has suddenly changed, changed direction a little bit.
4: Yeah, I, I think you know it's um, the the original is uh, the original amazing. I mean, I was just, just as I was saying you off mic, you know, the, the, I, I get into doing edits because I absolutely adore them, and so I sort of take it very carefully about how much you screw with it. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it's so it's just like a kick snare thing. So obviously doing the obvious, putting a little yeah. bit of a straighter kick under there and um, getting those strings out
2: twice. <laughs> no, um, no concerns with the milk though, which is who we're listening to now.
4: No, I've
3: got loads of concerns with the milk.
4: Yeah, no. Yeah, this. Uh, so I mean, this is this is pretty recent uh, now. Well, actually, you know, we were just saying, wasn't it? Two years now. Yeah, two been, years yeah, since yeah, this yeah. album. Um, so,
2: right, The uh, first release the label ever did still sounds recent, and that's 18 years ago. So yeah, you know.
4: Yeah, actually, putting it all together like this uh, does make you feel, I think, a sense of consistency across it. Yeah. I, um, I think, although we 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 haven't played much of the kind of dub end of things that we've been up to. No, so, uh, we haven't played any resonators
3: or delay or semi or super unless we get time to squeeze a little bit in. I don't know, but we'll see. But yeah, the milk. Um, yeah, incredible bunch of guys, incredible band. Obviously used to be signed to a major label. Kind of uh, had some sort of chart action.
2: Which uh, label were they on before? like oh, called, they were on it it a again? I can't remember the name. It was a subs- it was a sub- it was it was a subsidiary of Sony. Sony. Yeah,
3: yeah. It was it was a it
4: was a subsidiary of Sony. Yeah, essentially Sony. Um, and yeah, you know, they had some they had some <laughs> successful singles. Uh, the the album kind of uh, popped into the charts uh they toured quite heavily and i mean they're an incredible live band which yeah. you know we maybe haven't mentioned specifically but you know is probably the key connector between yeah. every, every single um every single record that we've played that they come from uh bands predominantly well yeah apart from no that's everything there's you know the bands are some of them
3: already have bands and some of them. We help them create bands for. you. Yeah. you know, like Gene Dudley didn't have a band when he started. Yeah. Like, he
4: plays him. everything on that record. I and mean, he plays every single
2: instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about the uh, live performance, whether it's records you've licensed and then you're DJing out, hmm. or whether it's contemporary artists who are then touring. Hmm. The yeah, yeah. That live
4: live energy. You know, yeah, like you say, in the DJ context or on a stage, that's that's a part of what we're we're very much into, and and I think um, seeing bands live and meeting them in a live context tells you a lot about who they are as well. And it's a really, really good, uh, a good kind of guide as to how you're going to get on as, a, as, as, as friends
2: really, as you go into business. Is that how you mostly discover new stuff then is seeing it live?
3: Well, I mean, often, I mean, we went, we went, we went for quite a few years. We were putting on a lot of nights where we were trying out new bands. Yeah. And um, we don't do it so much anymore. Um, I think we've kind of... We've got uh, enough bands. We've, got, we've basically got <laughs> enough bands at the moment. and, and, and But stuff still ke- st- somehow seems to keep coming to us through various ways. But yeah, I mean, the next uh, track that we're going to play is by a band called Honeyfeet, who um, we were doing a night at the, down in Brixton. Um, what's he called again? Hootenanny. Hootenanny in Brixton, and uh, which we did for a few years. And uh, mainly with the idea of putting on bands that we'd never seen before, and plus a few of our established bands. But to try, you know, to try and uh, find do a bit of an aring really on the mm-hmm. spot, yeah, yeah well, and um,
2: convenient and aring if yeah. you put on the own gig, right? Exa-
3: exactly, it's, it's a great thing supposed to do. It's a privilege. But um, this band Honeyfeet um, came across online and uh, they they looked amazing online, and we, we booked them, and it was just like wow. There's, there's,
4: there's, wow. there's been there's been probably three occasions when we've done it this way, and the, and and uh, the the conversation starts sort of like about halfway through the set. I go over to Dom and I go, who are they signed to? <laughs> and he goes, they're not signed to anyone. I go, all right then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we need to hear it then. Yeah, now, they're,
3: they're this, I mean, it's hard to try and explain them, but they're li- their lead vocalist, uh, Rainer Connolly, is just an incredible person and an incredible voice. And um, their sound is very much their own. I'll just play it for you. This is the new singer called, uh, single called Sinner.
2: So that was honey weeks and now we're listening to an honey actual feet. Honey, honey feet, feet. Yes. I, I can't read the seven inch from here that's <laughs> why. Yeah. i can't read it from here so i won't worry about it yeah no, that's it so and now we're uh, as always we're like running out of time because you oh, guys yes. are gonna shoot off anyway yeah, but we um
3: apologies to uh, Hun rosa apologies to Resonators uh, Resonators playing in the background
2: apologies to Deletion CME and Suicide yeah Suicide uh, well your most recent releases as well right?
3: yes
4: yeah sorry but you know yeah. they're all over the radio they're all over the radio right now that, thankfully thankfully yeah. <laughs> never never, never uh, be unthankful for that it's a wonderful thing yeah they've, they're, they're just about to start, we're just about to start releasing their album so we've got a new single from them coming very soon it's very exciting and a beautiful album uh, just about to go off
3: made into vinyls right. Yeah So we're
2: gonna play, um, play a mix now alright? We are well first we're gonna talk about where I should go and buy all these records.
3: Oh you should definitely
2: go and buy
4: them all yeah. Yeah uh I mean basically um, look for Wawa45s um wawa45s dot com and um, you'll find all our releases on there.
2: Cool and then um, um, what um, and DJing soon? Well obviously at the jazz cafe every uh, every Friday was it? Or every Friday, yeah, I'm, I'm,
3: yeah I DJ quite a lot, so yeah. at, <laughs> all the information yeah. yeah, gig- gig- is on my 45.com. We don't we don't have time, Adam gets fed up when I start reading off my <laughs> down we at Soul Train really on Saturday, right? Soul Train on Saturday, me and Addy.
4: Yeah, I've I've got Soul Tra under under the basement at Soul Train on the eighteenth of November. Uh, be good, that's always lovely. We go sort of nice and, and left, A bit of broken, bit of sold, bit of house. It's eight.
2: Oh yeah, well, thank you so much for like coming down, oh, okay. it's thank been you amazing. Thank and you know, you're going to leave us for the next half an hour with something, you yeah. Talk
4: about. So, we've got this amazing band that we've been working with for actually quite a while now. They're um, originally from Leeds. And uh, they are, again, a band that first came to us as a live band. I remember them playing for the Vibe Bar um, years ago, and uh, we always really loved them as a live act, but didn't see where they were in terms of making a record with us, really. And then we booked them one year uh, to join us at what was then called Favela Chic in Old Street uh, a time ago, and... um, they, uh, now I think
3: it's called Free Bar. Uh, is like, it?
4: <laughs> free Bar. And uh, and then uh, they came and they were just they just they always accelerated up another level and, and at that point we were like this is this is the time and we released a number of EPs with them um, and uh, then an album and when they did that first album they came up with this uh, thing where they went back into the studio for a day as a band and recorded all day long improvising jamming. Um, to make uh, a little um, kind of interludes to go in the album, and what they ended up with is actually 18 minutes of uh, incredible music that we decided to put out as a kind of free beat tape, and they've kind of kept that up since then. So then they went back and did uh, it was called Sonic Boom Head Zoom, and um, and yeah, it's the it's the it's the guys in the room together, just kind of uh, just Freestyle. vibing and, and freestyling off each other yeah. and. Um, we're up to. We're just about to release uh, the fourth version of this in about three weeks' time. Um, but I think we've given you Sonic Boom Head Zoom three. Two, Is it two or three? It, it, so, yeah. It's one. It's one of them. It's one of them. They're all mental. Um, they're, they're. It's incredible. It's a mixture of hip hop and kind of weird uh, space jazz and funk and, and and all kinds of madness from. Uh, some of the most talented guys that that uh, we've had the pleasure of meeting over the years.
3: We should also say that Sonic Boom Head Zoom uh, One to Four is going to be available on cassette, right? That's true. yeah. Mm. yeah. Cassette. Our very, our very first cassette. Yeah. yeah. Just so, need ca- to go and buy a cassette player. We'll be yeah.
2: sorted. <laughs> That's fine. You won't get a copy of it anyway, so you'll exactly. be able... <laughs>
3: <Exactly.
2: laughs> yeah. alright. So um, we're going to play you out with this. So this is so- Sonic. Uh, <laughs> I Sonic can't Sonic even. I can't Boom even get the words out. It's too late in the show. And yes, yeah, so, by Paper Tiger. And yeah, thanks so much again guys okay, for you, joining man. us. It's been an amazing pleasure.
9: Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Nice Yo, I drop bars like it ain't no big deal. Rappers try sparring, big deal. They all up in the cars with the big wheels. I'm on the bus with a Big Mac and a kids meal. Kids meal and a Big Mac. Pack it a Rizzler, pack a zigzag. Try to come up in my grill, you get your wig slapped the fuck off Should've fixed that shit with a chin strap Ayo, it's are, ain't running it Getting all up in the mix like chocolate chips inside of is or banana chunks I ate a car for lunch, I'm hard as half a Scargill's mum Spark you out with half a punch and stand there asking, are you dumb? Lyrics, man, I'm good at those You might have noticed that rappers think they're cold But they're retreating like a polar cap Going nowhere like a cul de I'm rolling through your manor in a pinstripe suit, bow tie and a bowler hat See, I'm a fancy Dan. You want some average Joe? You're just a -a humperdink. I'm Barry fucking Manolo. You're Barry Evans, mate. I'm Barry off the eggheads, blood. Your wife pushed you off a cliff. I'm good at trivia. I'm good at lots of things. I got a swimming badge. I can't drive, but if I could, I would be killing that. I'll do my thing and drop the motherfucking microphone like. I was 16. It's mostly a lie cause I don't really fight And I've been dope with a mic since I was 12 Hit me with some dabs, cause I'm bringing the raps for you to vibe to Went from guns to family fun like ice cube Apart from when start with the guns But in most other respects we're the same I'm pretty much a beast and the track is a feast for me to eat. I'm from Other MCs are steps for me to stand on I look down at everybody around and tell them about how oh, I'm a done Yeah, Bridget, I'm a done No, no no, that shit is true though no. I wowed well, the audience sort of like I was Subo. I applied for Britain's Got Talent It didn't happen because they never replied That's their loss Uh-huh,
5: uh-huh. 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 uh-huh.
9: Drink blue, Fuck you. Run head first into brick walls and bust food. I'm too real. I can't lie. I'll be winning forever. I'll never die. I'm on top of the game like Twister. You can't see me like my sister. Serving these suckers like a barista. Bubbling with the jiggler. Snuggle up to a shit. So bumping some bet middle. Ah. Bumping Barbara Streisand. Glass of lemon barley in my right hand. e sick in my left. I'ma do it to death. That's how I do it. I'm sniffing lemps for the buzz, swinging Cowboy for the kicks. Cause I'm down with the kids, down with the sickness, down to fuck, down on my luck, down in my liquids. I'm so down, it's like I'm syndrome. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty much a rapper. It's too late to rearrange my opening. So I'm going to play it off like I did that shit on purpose. Because I'm a motherfucking wordsmith. Disperse words with some motherfucking curses. I'm just delivering the service like Pizza Hut, but instead of pizza, Hut, it's Murkage. Another way that I'm different from Pizza Hut is that Pizza Hut is kind of whack Matter of fact, I'm more like Pizza Express. My pizzas are fresh. Come along and eat with the best, homeboy. Oh Colder than the summer day on T sides Slap a rapper, knock his top into a beehive. Matter of fact, I knock the files out the C drive, leave him on his behind and breeze like. See you later, dickhead. We doing back there for? RA, right, I stay flat in the air corps Therefore, steady windmilling on the bare floor Yeah, I'm bare floors, but I can't bear yours like a tree and get out of here cause you winning is like seeing me without a beard it's not happening I spread butter on the mic like a ramekin yeah fam you wanna tangle with a champion you got some foot spark step into the ring and find me chilling with a foot spark I read books without a bookmark I just remember my place, I'm book smart these other rappers look stupid Don't walk around, it's nothing but cooked goose As rugged as Rick Rude, I'm supping a mint julep Strapping on a boot that I'm gonna kick you with if... Cause you ain't nothing but a chump Going on dumb like Forrest Gump I be making them run like Forrest Gump Shake your hand and leave you with a stump If we were playing Scrabble, you'd be stumped If we was going out, you'd get dumped if this was tea and biscuits, you get dunked, 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. When I'm hooked talk to the eyeballs on hype. And I roll up on your titles like Mike, Catch me out in that act, light racks, So you know I don't business. MC, step to me, get dismissed. And I roll up on your brisket. And you love me like a nice pack of biscuits. Chocolate digestive, your soundboy try to justice, this. Never get yam like breakfast. Just another check off the checklist. While well, I cash text like checklist. Signed here with the X's, rapping a fit, get fickless. Live and direct, I dissect dicks and the dicks in your guest list. Cause I am the bestest. Yeah, I am the bestest. i bread in a hearse and a vibe like that's a run to burst. That's a punchline for the nerds, one for the hips, That should appear when every has got dead, held up at the skylight red. When I feel what you feel, we should maybe go out instead. That's real talk. My style it like Hillfort. Look for my face on a billboard. I ain't even selling shit. Weighs a ton and I'm done. Take me to bed. Stay. Take me to bed. Take me to bed. Stay. Take me to bed. My head weighs a ton and I'm done. Take me to bed. Stay. I traced it and replaced it with a portrait of your mother I'm a sucker for the glorious defeat Sailing the leakiest warships in a fleet With a grip of that new exclusive shit, dealing with these doofuses. Welcome to the future, slip, King Cooper Kid, rolling with a Goomba click, cruising with some Rocket Booster shoes like that dude out of that movie did. I think it was called Rocket Man or something, I don't really know. I got luxury lines like PO, playing ditties on the PO. My whole style is end of the pier show, high as fuck, trying to keep it low. shit together like my shit's apart. My style is outside like sitting in the park. Something just ain't right like pissing in the bar. Told the fun police I only did it for a laugh. Did it for the shits man, I did it for the giggles. In it for the bells man, I'm in it for the whistles. Shit ain't going well, I'm doing instals in the little. Flying over heads like Piggy in the middle. I'm just too deep. My words are
5: way too
9: powerful.
5: Nobody understands my messages I'm
9: communicating from the soul I'm like like a poet or something I'm just too deep My words are way too powerful Understands my messages because they're so intelligent.